Hello and welcome to episode 283 of Three Bears in a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with... Colin McKay. Hello. Hello Colin, how are you? I am good. Um, I'm on the tail end of a rotten cold. Yes, you are. Um, so today's the best I've felt for ages. Still a bit good up there, feeling, but um, felt felt really bad all week. I came home from work on Thursday. Uh, went in for a bath and fell asleep in a bath for an hour. You are the probably the last man to get whatever this flu is going around the country. I think every other human being in the country it's, has had it. It's had it, yeah, but it's, 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 the throat's horrible. Like drinking water hurts your throat. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why should that? That shouldn't be a thing, surely. It's, it's a basic human need. I need this to survive, and you're making it hurt me. Yeah, aye, aye. Um, so, but I'm, I'm kind of feeling feeling better now. Still, we're kind of tired and stuff, but definitely on on the, the other side of it. Um, was so. it all just lemsips and whole suitors, basically? Lemsips, whole suitors, um, and feeling sorry for myself because no one else was. So. That's that's the way. The only way you can feel, the only way you can feel um, better these days. Um, but that's why we're doing this on a Saturday night. So this is an interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. This, this, the, and and also as well, it's been been like a bizarre week because because we've seen each other last week in person. Yes. Which was nice. Didn't do a podcast. And then I seen Barry, um, our, our sometimes co-host, um, as well. So it's been a really cool week for just unexpected, like seeing you, nice, seeing nice Barry. It's been, yes. been really, really cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've enjoyed it. So we did see each other. This, that, that leads in nicely to what we're drinking tonight, because you gave me a gift on Sunday. I did give you a gift. And what gift did I give you? You gave me some beer. It's a Coscaquena Peruvian Cus- beer. Coscaquena. <laughs> I'm drinking it for the first time. Um, I, I'm not saying you've overhyped it, Colin, um, but you may have overhyped it. I love it a lot. Um, it's, not, it's very nice. It's, it's very refreshing. It's very, very crisp. Mm, um, that, wee nice sweet, that, that, that wee sweetness after that. It's, it's maybe not quite as, um, what's the word, sort of like, as, as um, life-changing as, as you seem to make it out to be um, oh, earlier. I, I, I love it. It's great. I gave Barry a bottle as well. Um, and nice. he, te- he texted me back saying, um, I'm thinking of buying a case of it now. Okay. I mean, <laughs> so, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I think it's nice. Yeah. Um, I definitely drink, I'm, I've got two bottles. I will definitely drink them both and quite enjoy them. It was either this or a Budweiser that Barry left in my house. So it's either going to be that or Budweiser tonight. So. And it's also got a very cool bottle. I like bottle. And it's that's quite nice. I like the wee kind of inking. Yeah, like the kind of walls almost. Isn't it? Wall yeah. down the bottom. So yes, are you having the same tonight, Emma? I, I am having the, the same as you, sir. We, we are twins. We're, we're Yay! <laughs> Cheers. Um, so yeah, very nice beer, though, Colin. I do appreciate it. It's quite a small bottle, though. It's only it's mm. like a smaller bottle than you get here. But more importantly, it is genuine proving. It's not like brewed. It, it's it's imported from Mel Gibson. It, it fucking fought. Tiger gods to bring it over to you, leopard gods or whatever. True, it is from Lima. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's not brewed in usually brewed in Holland. No, this this is from from deepest darkest. Um, this this is Paddington's other favourite thing. I do like it says avoid alcohol if pregnant. Just avoid. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not even going. Just avoid it if you can. Yeah, you know, just, yeah, you, know you can have it, but you know, best to avoid it. But you best, know, avoid, best avoid. Best avoid. Best avoid. If if you if you want, no, just you know, okay. Ah, why not? Why yeah, not? Go go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, let's, let's discuss what we've watched this week. I know we've not watched a lot this week. It's been quite a quiet week. Um, basically, mm-hmm. we watched, apart from the major thing we're going to talk about that we watched at home, um, TV wise, we'll talk about that in a minute because we'll get, probably get in depth of that. Have you watched anything else at home of note? Are you still I've watching st- Cheers and trying to understand why Sam Malone's not in jail? Yeah, we are still we're still watching Cheers. Uh, I want to see we're nearing end. I think we're we've got two seasons to go. Um, Was that season fifteen or something? It's only 12, season 12, oh, okay. so I think we're on 10 now, so we're kind of, yeah. the, the, the end's in sight, but it, it kind of gets that way where, I don't know how they've been watching it back in the day, but 
you, you kind of get to the point where you're like, this is dragging on now. Do you know what I mean? It's like you kind of want to get to that end. It's like, kind of hurry up, you know, it feels uncomfortable and it feels like they're stretching everything out and you're like, well, they're feeling that the actors knew this as well and they're sort of like the, are the actors leaving as well like sort of disappearing I don't, from I don't know um we what one of the episodes that, that came up last week was that the 200th um anniversary one and it was right. like you know just clips and it'll sped with aim on a stage with, with somebody interviewing them right and at the end it was like you know and, and you know hopefully we'll see you in you know episode 400 and stuff like that so it didn't seem like Most anyone can it wasn't like, like yeah Walking yeah. off and stuff like that now. But it's definitely kind of, you know, you can see the writing's kind of dipped, it's lost its steam, and a lot of the stuff they're doing is just kind of rehash. You know, it's like the first five seasons are with Diane, and uh-huh. then it was on to Rebecca, and you can start to see, hold on, this is, you know, I've seen this in season four, do you know what I mean? So, so just repeat, I can repeat storylines more than anything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, Sam gets creepier and creepier and creepier as it goes on. It's like a, I said, Sam is a very odd character because like, he, is, he is a titular hero of the show, but ultimately mm. he would be in jail now. He would be definitely cancelled. Um, oh yeah, me, me too all over him. Do you know what I mean? Fucking hell. Um, he him and Weinstein, essentially. Yeah, yeah, him and Weinstein would be sharing a cell together. Um, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, it's... <laughs> creepy, horrible. So we're almost done. Cheers, which is um, which is good. Um, you have one you? picked out for next for for sort of follow up on this. Um, I, I want to do American Gothic. Right. Um, Lorraine wants to maybe do. I don't know if she wants to do Cagney and Lacey maybe or Twenty Four. Um, okay. or Northern Exposure as well. Northern Exposure is uh, very good. I remember me watching that back in like the the my nineties, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that. My, my rationale is the American Gothic is, I think it's only 10 or, 10 or 12 episodes. No, it's only 10 or 12 episodes, then it's done. That's so done literally right. just knock it out of the park and that's it. And then, and, yeah, so that, that's, my, that's, my in, that's my angle on it. So nice. We'll, nice. we'll see. We'll see. Uh, anything for yourself on TV, sir? The other thing I've watched, we watched all 10 episodes of the, the That 90s Show on Netflix, which is sort of the reboot of the That 70s Show. They jumped the decade. I think they met them in the 80s show like on like normal television at one point and it just kind of bombed after one season, possibly. But anyway, this is that 90s show. Um, for anyone who's seen the 70s show, it's basically it's all the kids, basically a lot of the kids of the people on the main show come back to Point Place and sort of watching their adventures. It was, I thought it was very average. Like, there wasn't a lot of laughs in it and... It was try very much based on nostalgia again, and it felt just very odd. Um, yeah. Also, yeah. one of those things like going, I don't really, I don't actually recall the nineties that much. You know, I was, I was, I was born in eighty five. Yeah. So the nineties to me, I was still like, I was pretty much a child. You know, so it's sort kind of, of like, noughties is where you would start to two thousands. I memories of That's when things started like sort of hitting me in a more sort of like meaningful way, um, yeah. in a big yeah. way. Um, so. I know the nineties music. I remember I still like nineties music. My dad had a lot of like nineties like CDs and stuff. I remember us to that in nineties movies a little bit, but the actual culture itself as to what kids were doing and like sort of like rave parties and stuff like that obviously was well over even yeah even my head. So it was fine. It's it was very sort of one of those throwaway kind of show you can watch, um, but its reason for existence felt odd. Apart from the guy who plays Ashton Kutcher's son in it, who was bang on. Perfect for Ashton Kutcher's son. I was just about to say, I'm either going to disgrace myself or impress with my knowledge and ask as Ashton Kutcher in the '70s show, but you've yes, he is. You've ruined it for me, sir. He is definitely. My one piece of information that I knew about the '70s show, and you stole it right out from under me. 
<laughs> the oddest more thing was like all the people who are in the seventies show you got Myla Kunis, Topher Grace, Laura Prepon, um Ashton Kutcher obviously, Wilma Valm Drama. They didn't bring in Danny Hyde, obviously, because he's, you know, up for you know many, many nasty charges and he's probably gonna be some of his life in jail. So they completely very <laughs> they definitely just they, they brush out over him very quickly <laughs> as to why he's not I don't even mention him to kind them actually. Um but you you sort of he's just not there. Does but does Ashton Kutcher turn up in it? Yeah, they all turn up in it for, for right. at least one episode, for a right, cameo, right. a cameo, essentially. But they all look the same as they do in the 70s show. Like, they're yeah. barely aged. They could either just done another season of the 70s show. Like maybe When was the 70s show done? Was that about 15, 20 years ago now? Close to that, about 15 years ago. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I can, I can kind of get what you mean, because Kutcher's like, yeah, even with things like the, the butterfly effect and that, he's not particularly changed. Though. So no, Mally Kunis is, yeah. is barely aged. Yeah, yeah. You know? No, again, no, that that that's kinda of strange that they've done that rather than maybe just kinda of show them. No, oh. yeah, weird one. No, anyway, Jill enjoyed it I think more than I did, but um, yeah. I was a bit underwhelmed by it for the most part. Do you think they'll do what the the kinda of naughty show in ten years' time? Do you think they'll well, I think possibly. I think they're, they're hoping this one gets recommissioned, but Netflix seems to be not recommissioning a lot of things of late, I've noticed. Um but this one was set in ninety four or five, I think. Right. So I think I was because the last season, the seventy shows was started out in like nineteen seventy four, but it went for like ten seasons or seven seasons. So that's they had to like sort of like slow it down at one point. It wasn't just a year per, per season. They were like, catched like, up to the age. Right, too fast. So that, yeah. they might have to do the same. I to go for, but I wasn't overtly impressed by it. Will you dive in if there is a second season? The good lady enjoys it, so I think it's one of the things that will always be in the background. If you <coughs> watching it, I'll, I'll sort of be dipping in, but I won't be running out to, to watch it. Cool. Cool. I'm yeah. not going to watch it. I've no, I've, no, I've no investment in the 70s no. show or the 80s show or the 90s show. So. The first couple of seasons of the 70s show were genuinely very funny. Like, yeah. it, like I genuinely did really enjoy them. They did get a bit silly towards like later on as they sort of struggled. Again, much like Cheers, trying to find the story to make it interesting. But the first couple of seasons, they were, they were actually quite very funny and some of the satire was, was actually um, kind of well-placed. And the foreman, Laura Prepon, like the sort of... Um, Toba Grace, Laura Prepon, Romance was actually quite a sweet, well done romance. And Myla Kunis is an absolute star in it as well. So is Ashton Kutcher. You can see why Kutcher became a star from it. Where, where he went, yeah. yeah Topher he, Grace is a weird one. He, he's kind of never really seemed like a movie star, Topher Grace. No, he's been, we were actually discussing this. That, um, he, he's really not done anything since. He's in like Spider-Man 3. Mm, which was... You know, cool. the original Venom, technically, yeah. you know. Yeah, he never really sort of kicked on from it. Uh, it really has been Kutcher and um, Malakunas. Malakunas are the two yeah. who really made made big out of it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but anyway, night that night show is on Netflix if you, if you are so inclined to watch it. If anyone out there has got a hankering for nostalgia, hankering for some nineties of nostalgia, yes, yeah. go didn't watch it. Didn't even a lot of good nineties music in it as well. Like, there wasn't any Pearl Jam or like Soul Asylum or Jim. Not the grungy side of the nineties. Are looking at it's more the. Kind but even at that, there wasn't even any good nineties songs in it. Like sort of you go like even I'm not into music. That's a banger of a song. I know that song, but it's mm. very little. So I felt a bit of a missed opportunity. Maybe you could get the rights to it and things like that. Too much money here. Yeah. Yeah. Netflix, you've got to cut the budget somewhere. You know these days. <laughs> but I suppose yeah. it. I suppose getting Kutcher and stuff like that, that's probably taking a chunk of money in Kunis and stuff like that. So, I yeah. think so, yes. I that makes so. sense. That makes anyway, sense. Anyway, on from that, we'll talk about the main show we all be both watched this week. One that we're watching episodically, well, well, yeah. with the rest of um, the sort of geek world, and that is The Last of Us, episode two. Yeah. Um, 
we both love season episode one, sorry, and we absolutely adored it. And I'm very much enjoying episode two as well. I thought it was a yeah, episode. Yeah, um, and not in a bad way, but the the first one was movie length for an hour and a half, mm. whereas I've now scaled it back to your regular minutes, 50 minutes. Think, yeah. And I think the pacing is just, it just roars past, do you know what I mean? It's like, wow, just comes at you and then you're like, shit, that was, that was good, you know, give me more. So I think that really enjoyed the opening of it. Opening was yeah, and like sort of like mushroom yeah. fungus expert. That was oh. a really, really chilling opening. Aye, it's just, aye, that that kind of final bit in the office where she says that's the old say what it is a statement. You're like, oh shit, that's um, fuck. Um, the, the the museum scene was quite chilling as well, wasn't it? I, I think from what people have told me, that's almost shot for shot the same as in the the game. Apparently, this one's got a lot of stuff from the game. I'm, I'm going to guess the kind of cityscapes and stuff like that are, are kind of lifted directly because they, they seem to kind of linger on, you know, these weird I kind of buildings. I think seen the bit at the very start, they're in the sort of like the hotel and they open the, the doors and they yeah. walk out. Yeah. I think from what I've read, that's like almost a shot for shot of the, the game. And yeah. I think it's the, the creator of the game directed this episode. Ah, right, okay. Not against, okay. Not against what he did, he done. No, and, and again, we don't have knowledge of the game. Tell us it's, and, it's working... Without that knowledge, so yeah, that's that's yeah. good. Oddly though, there's the scene in the Boston like museum when they go up the stairs. Yeah, there's that's again take a part of taking direct from the game. It did feel quite video game like when I was watching. Yeah, it. yeah. But that's almost that's also in Fallout Four. Mm, that's okay. it. And there's, there's a, like I've been playing Fallout Four, and that's one of the scenes that you go up the stairs of of that same museum. Going, that's so creepy and weird that maybe they made them to both at the same time and they both had the same kind of. Same ID and same the same idea, stage yeah. and all that. Yeah, yeah. that's... Um, yeah. How creepy were the fungusy people? Very well done, weren't they? Yeah, because yeah. you didn't really know what to expect. And I mean, you seen me like, oh, that's um, fucking horrible. Um, yeah, genuinely, like, that's very creepy. That's yeah. very icky. Um, Mr. Mr. Pascal puts in another amazing... They're, they're all, everybody in it's really good. There's yeah. no one that, that, that stood out as like they, they're not kind of pulling their way in it. Everybody's playing yeah. their parts really well. But um, I'm liking the chemistry with the girl and, and Pascal. They, they, they yeah, they work really well. Like I like about the day it's like, I guess no, I think it's actually when she talks to Anna Tov and she's like, she's talking about how why did she, why does she have to worry about the zombies because she she get bitten, she's okay, that's part of the premise. Yeah, young girl, and she's like going, yeah, but they can still rip you apart. Yeah, aye, yeah, totally. it's, aye, it's like, <laughs> it's like, you know, aye, so the, it's like the back and forwards. It adds a danger to her. It's like, yeah, they might not eat, you might just rip you to pieces. Aye, uh, yeah, you're immune to fucking becoming infected, but they'll, they'll fuck you up. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought the noises and stuff were quite like, like, kind of mim- mimic. Remind me of mimic quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still very creepy. It is, yeah, yeah. Especially when you've got the lights out and stuff like that, and you're like, oh, oh. Don't well, I don't that's know. again what the game brings across this idea of like you've got a gun, you could shoot one, but as soon as you shoot one, you're gonna get fifty on them, you know. So yeah, you've got to like, take them out quietly and all that kind of stuff. So it was really, I thought it was really good. I just Really tense, well done television, I thought. Absolutely. I don't know if um, the show's covering the first game or if it's cooperating both games because I've not played the games. I don't really know how well, they're setting season, it up. They've got a season two, so I'm going to assume they're going to cover the second game in season two. In season two, yeah. 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 Which I don't know if it's the same characters or not again, so it'd be interesting to see him. where I'm it goes. I'm pretty sure it's the Pascal character again. I'm almost sure of that. I kind of I, I feel like you, you need to play the game. Did you see you've I got think, it? I'm all, I think I'm, I'm, that's really, I'm in this horrible place right now. Somebody else in a podcast I like was talking about the same thing, where people I know have played it enough and they've told me the story, but I've forgotten it, and I'm terrified right now that I start to remember the story while I'm watching it. 
Uh, you're allowed one in a PG-13, as long as it's yeah. not to do with the actual act of fucking, as long as you're mm. just saying it as a sort of anger or annoyance. Yeah, it's a word, yeah. I'm going to say that that, that one scene, I think, is, is probably possibly, what's done maybe, uh, Well, what happened to him maybe might have got you 15, possibly? Maybe. Um, you don't see it, but the, the implication of what it, it is, maybe you get you. It is there, but um, no, I, I don't, I think, I wouldn't have any problems letting, like, like Caleb's 12 and I'd have no problems letting watch yeah. at all. That, like, I wouldn't, wouldn't be concerned about nightmares or anything. I'd be like, yeah, no. that's safe, perfectly safe. Like Tremors is probably more graphic than this, and mm-hmm. it's not particularly graphic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally, totally. Anyway, um, anyway, I enjoyed it for what it was. I enjoyed it for for what it was. It was a well done horror. Yeah. And I see why it's appealing to the the sort of new generation of horror fans. But yeah, it's it was very surface level. There wasn't a lot behind it. Yeah, entirely predictable as well. I thought. Oh yeah, was... the story was like from moment one, like. <sighs> Even at the moment that she brings that robot in at the start, you go, well, that might have something to do with the ending of the film, yeah, possibly. Yeah, you know? yeah, totally. I mean, I guess if you're kind of, look, look, Kira's age, she's like 15 now, and she's getting into horror now, I guess she doesn't know the tropes we we do and stuff like that. Possibly, so it's maybe yeah. more of a kind of, oh, ah, whereas it's like, okay. Yeah. That's obvious, yeah. yeah. Possibly. Um, I would give, yeah, give it a mark. I think you gave it six, didn't you? Five, I gave it. I think I probably gave it a five or a six. Maybe maybe a six. I mean, I can give it a six. Yeah, yeah, nice. But um, again, it's uh, Blumhouse, isn't it? And yep. it's it's making money. The sequel's already underway. well underway. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's Blumhouse doing what he does best, and that's <coughs> known his audience and, and milking them for all they're worth. And yeah, I mean, it's like, and, and from what it is for a hundred minutes at cinema, it's not a bad way to spend a hundred minutes at cinema. Yep. It's definitely worth things to see. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, sure. So, other than that, I watched a film that's on Netflix. You watched it this morning, apparently. Um, I watched it yeah. last Sunday, and that's a film called Bank of Dave, um, directed by Chris Fogan, who directed This Is Christmas and Fisherman's Friends. If you remember that film, and didn't do the sequel, but directed the first one that's about right, singing Trollman. Yep. Um, <laughs> that's what it is. I never thought I would hear you say that tonight. Um, I know, I know, it's just fucking bizarre hearing you say it. Um, that's yeah. the most surreal thing you've said for a while. Um, the plot of this one it's based on a true story of a guy who basically he, worked, he owns a mini uh, minibus company and he gets rich by selling like minibuses and cars and things like mm. that but at the same time he also helps people in the local community by giving them out like sort of loans essentially mm. sort of like personal loans to help them out to, to do things and then you would give them off to people in the city in the town of Barnsley I think uh, it Burnley. No, Brad, Burnley, Burnley, sorry, Burnley. Yep. which they do treat like it's a fucking North Pole in this film Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Burnley, yeah. Uh, yeah it's Anything very... north of Watford is like sort of like hidden country, you know, where where, yeah. where, where dragons roam um, essentially. <laughs> yeah. So, but he, he comes upon this idea that he says, well, he wants to be able to do more than just give him a wee like sort of small loans. He wants, he wants to basically have a bank because he's, yeah. he's pissed off at how the banks basically got bailed out by the government by yeah. by us and they're making big cash points again. But he thinks he can do better, which fundamentally he can. He's got a good business plan. Yeah. The problem with that is there's not been a bank given a license in Britain since for 150 years, I think, yep, which, is, yep. which is amazing when you think about it. Yeah, totally. Um, not surprising. Not surprising. Very much. Yeah. The they see this film, it's very much a closed shop, you know, the people yeah. who have already want to do it. So it's basically him trying to go about getting a bank started um, with, yeah. with help from his London attorney or lawyer, who is very much sort of thinks he's an idiot at first, but then comes to quite like him. Yeah. Um, and other members of the community, essentially. And you've also got a very bad, bad, bad banking community who want to stop them from doing this in case it lets us plebs figure things out for ourselves. Which is yes, 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 yes. So in the film, you've got Joe Fry, who's um, playing the, the, the lawyer, which was 
weirdly, I'm watching him in um, this flag means death when he's playing very much a comedy character. So <coughs> he's very much dialed down in this one, although there is one weird trope in it that he likes Death Leopard that feels very out of whack with who he is. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, really? really? Okay. Yeah, I thought yeah. I got that as well. Yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. You've also got Rory Kinnear, which is actually quite nice to see Rory Kinnear play something a bit lighter. Normally he's very... He's having, a, he's having a way of time in his film. He he's, he's, really, he's, he's, he's constantly playing very sort of serious and tough. Yeah. He, was in, he was that guy in Men, for example. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like he's he's not usually the guy who does a, the kind of comedy fun like yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, also got Hugh Bonneville um, playing the baddie banker. Or the um, poor man's Colin Firth is up under a bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Joe Hartley plays the sort of the love interest um, to Joe Fry, and Angus Wright, who he plays like a, a lawyer of a kind of semi heart of gold almost. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I didn't know what to make of that character. I was like, I don't understand. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and. Uh, Paul Kay turns up as well. Who's Paul Kay? Paul Kay was the, the manager. The big, oh, so it was, manager. yes. That yes. was Paul Kay, yeah. Which yeah. I thought, look, Paul Kay is quite, he's, he's not super famous, but yeah. I, I kind of think he's known enough to have a higher billing, which apparently yeah. didn't. I thought that was really strange. Um, yeah. You also amazingly have um, the Burnley manager, Sean Dyke, turn up in it at one point as well. Is that who that one? was? I kind of knew, I figured yeah. it was something. I didn't, I couldn't quite connect who it was, but I kind of figured it. And of course, everyone's favourite Sheffield Rockers, um, Death Leopard. Death Leopard. <laughs> Unashamedly turned up as well. As well, yes. Um, um, which apparently never happened in the real thing. There, there wasn't any concert. That, that was all completely well, fabricated. What, get to, what I've read up on it, this, like, the, the idea of him starting a bank, that's pretty much the idea. Um, yeah. Everything else is mostly bullshit. Yes. 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 <laughs> that is, yeah. 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 Um, what do you think of it anyway? Um, I, I really, really liked the way... What's the one... We watched about the banking. The Big Short was it? Big Short, yes. Right, so the Big Short throws everything at you, and you, yes. you're like, "Fuck, man, I'm trying to keep up." You know, bankers, and I don't understand. Whereas this gives you in such a dumbed down manner. Not, not. It, it, it no, you stupid. It's so dumbed down. The, the the dialogue becomes almost laughable. At times. It is. It's, it's like, like you know, like, like bad bankers, good poor people. But it, but I think that's relatable to the people that are watching the movie, which is us poor people yeah so i i, I really kind of liked how they done that i yeah. thought that was quite clever it's like you know let's not you know get too embroiled in, in that part of it here's the yeah. basics you know they're bad they should be doing things that are good here's why they don't and here's the good guys so i really really enjoyed that and um, what really got this film was it it just had so much fucking heart on it it did have a lot of heart I agree. Like, yeah, a lot of heart like millions and just pure pure heart and it was predictable and it was telegraphed yeah. and you knew every single thing that was coming up and it was going to happen but it was all done with, with such love and passion and and heart that you can it washed over you jumping you, know, you bought yeah. it and you were like yeah i'm, I'm in do you know what i mean I'm, Dude, in. I, I'm a whiff you can forgive like because some of the dialogue is like laughable the bit he's in the yeah. hospital and he's talking to the the girl at the counter about i can't remember he says something about, he says something about private insurance yeah yeah and like everybody in this in this the hospital at that point suddenly has like you know sort of proper political opinions regarding the, you know sort of like the, the, the yeah. formation of the nhs and how it should operate <laughs> like that felt like you know it's like it's almost, it is making a political point obviously yeah but it's yeah. just doing it as about as subtle as a sledgehammer to the face you know, there's very little yeah. cleverness and about that's it. that's film and it's it's like you know everybody in burnley is a socialist everybody in london yes. is a capitalist yes. you know, it's just so you know here's the borders they're there right. we're here all the way through it but the north south divide is very much in very in evidence 
yeah, all the way through. But again, it's just it's just a heart that it carries with it. You know, yeah. it's just it totally wears its heart on its sleeve, and it's like you know we know what we are, but we're not ashamed of it. And if you're willing to embrace it, then it's it's, it's a lovely wee film. I thought. It is. I would I would agree with you. Like I thought, it's very much it's kind of very much bank holiday fair. You know, you can imagine sitting watching this with your granny on a bank holiday, mm. and her being very charmed by it as well. Very much feels like one of those sort of it's almost equivalent of like a British Hallmark movie. I think that's the best way to put it. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, that yeah. way, uh-huh. <laughs> there's fundamentally nothing wrong with it. Is it good? Not Probably really. not, no. No, but, but it's enjoyably not that great. You know, it's yeah. enjoyable, just, it is what it is. Um, it, it's, it is a feel-good movie, isn't yeah. it? it? It is just pure, you know, you, at the end of it, you do, you, you kind of feel like you're a wee bit of a better person, do you know what I mean? Yeah, or, that's, yeah, you hope yeah. you're a better person, and you, and you feel like, you hope when you watch, you come down the right side. Mm. Like, hope we don't start shouting for the bankers. <laughs> yeah, um, I do think that, that, that performance-wise, I think everyone was was quite committed to it. Um, I don't seem to enjoy what they're doing. It's very yeah. much that kind of like, like I always compare it a lot with the Sunshine on Leaf, where everyone's committed to it, even though sometimes it, is, it does feel very surface level. But everyone's committed to enjoying it and having a fun time on set, and you can feel that coming across a lot of the time. Um, they all perform in the plot all very much like tropes to the highest order. Yeah, like not a single, yeah. You know, stick out outside life. But everyone's just having fun. I like to see Rory Kinnear have a nice kind of warmer role. That was yeah. kind of quite pleasing because he's like I said, he's so usually so cold in a good way yeah. on screen. Like that's he plays he plays he's a very good actor. Yeah. But this was kind of just seen a different kind of side to Rory Kinnear. Yeah, um, and he can sing as well. He can. He, 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 can, he can hold a tune. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's all just kind of all good natured and quite a wee pleasing story. Like I said, it was just it needed a little bit to be a better film. It had to have a little bit more subtlety. Yeah. yeah. If you the whole thing starts with them walking out a pub and someone goes, "Oh, you should start a bank." He goes, "Oh, I should start a bank. That was quite a good idea." Like, uh, oh, <laughs> like, I, I know. I thought that as well. I thought that's a bit on the fucking nose. And then it just boom off the end. They're like, you know, you're coming with us now. Um, Joel Fry intrigues me. Um, yeah. I think he's one of these actors. He's got a real comedic face about him. Very much. So. And, I know because Joel used to watch a show called Trolleyed on Sky, and he was in mm. that as a kind of idiot trolley boy. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but I find it hard to take him seriously as an actor because he's funny face. But there's a few things I've seen him in recently, and I'm like, he he actually can act. Do you know what yeah, I mean? he has. He's, yeah. he's not just that funny face. He was in Game of Thrones, wasn't he as well? Was he? I don't think so. He popped up in Game of Thrones at one point, and also he pops yeah. up in um, that in the Earth, the one with it. The one yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in that, and I'm I'm, I'm intrigued by that. I'm, I, I like kind of you know actors like that that you know. I think no, they're not. They can act, and then they do, and I'm like, oh, okay. That, that See, he, 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 he quite a sad face. He's kind of hangdog expression a little bit. He has, but it's quite comedy as well. I think I don't it's know. Like almost something funny about it. Dog, the droopy dog. Droopy, yeah. yeah. He's almost got that kind of droopy look about him a wee bit. Yeah, yeah. But um, he's he done great in this. And again, I think it's just as you said, they, they all just embrace the part. I mean, they're all like, fuck yeah. it, you know, it's, we know what it is, Let, let's give it all we've got. Um, it seems it might have been like sort of maybe a month's work for them and they all had a good time on a month, a nice time on set for a month. Uh, definitely. And as we've said recently as well, it's a film for everyone. Yeah. Let your gran will watch it, your, your mum and dad will watch it, and you'll watch it, and you kind of teenage kids that may get bored with it, but you know, there's nothing like, about it that it wouldn't enjoy, I don't think. Boxing Day, it's proper Boxing Day viewing, like bank yeah. holiday, Boxing Day, that kind of viewing. It's, it's sort of when you're sitting around and it's all, you're, you're like full of food and you just sort of want to relax and watch something like, you know, something silly. Yeah. Uh, enjoyable. This is something you could very easily just sort of meander through on, on that afternoon, I think. 
Yeah, absolutely. But I, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Yeah, same um, here. And I've only kind of really watched it because I thought, fuck, podcast, I need to watch something. And yeah. I'm really glad that I did. I That's kind good. Of clicked into it, so well done. So out of 10, what are you giving it? I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. What, are you, what are you going to give it? I'm, I'm giving it a 5.5 out of 10, right? And that sounds like I'm being mean to it, but I'm not being mean to it. I think I justifiably couldn't give it higher based on a few things. Like I said, like the script is truly ridiculous, some mm. of the like people come out with. So the negatives that are there bring it down, but it's a very it's a, it's a a very good 5.5, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's not, I'm not saying it's it's, a ba- it's not badly made. It's just, yeah. I couldn't give it higher than that. I'm going like, it is, there is some stuff on you go, that's just, it's just, it's laughable some of the stuff in it. Oh, definitely. But, it's, it's like no, okay, they've done it. They've yeah. it. Um, it's like, it's like horror. Somebody, if you give a horror a six, you're not saying it's a bad horror, but you're saying it's like, this is. It needs to be do something even more spectacular to get a high rating. But yeah. six out of ten for horror is a good horror movie. Yeah. yeah. So five and a half for what? Should we, should we now call his Hallmark movies? Is a good a good Hallmark score? I think yeah. I think five and a half out of ten is almost like a ten out of ten Hallmark movie. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, interestingly, before we move on to, to the next one, um, in real life, for some reason, they weren't allowed to call it Bank of Dave. So it's actually called Bank on Dave, is, is what it's called. Oh, is it? Um, yeah. I think because it's like, I don't think it's officially a bank per se still. It's still like um, a personal loan type thing almost. Almost, yeah. So so they had to call it Bank on Dave because oh, if they called it Bank of Dave, that would mean it was like, it's a bank like Bank of yeah. Scotland. And they're like, yeah. no, you can't, you can't do that. So. Apparently it's still doing very good work in Burnley and it's doing a lot of good well, stuff. Well, that's the thing, yeah. If it, all the profits to make go straight to charity, so it's like yeah. you know, basically a non It's basically giving poor people money to get them on their feet, yeah. they give it back, that goes to charity. So it's like win for everybody. Um, yeah, and, it seems like it's what a bank really should be doing Yeah, and not making gross profits for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, which it hammers home very fucking heavily. <laughs> yeah, it does hammer home quite quite continually and often. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like everyone's like, "Who are you? I'm the London. I'm the lawyer. Oh, from London, you evil uh-huh, uh-huh. bankers are almost cackling. It's when they have that that kind of ball beat in the bank and like, yeah, and we know we control it, and you know, it's up to us. We decide, um, you know, yeah. and we we make the rules anyway. And you're like, fuck off, man. Twirl yeah. your moustache as well. I, it, it was one step away from that. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, totally. Something you need, need to be. It's, it's Absolutely, yeah. Like I say, I think it, 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 the big short, something like that, just kind of, you know, you come out thinking, I don't understand fully. Whereas yeah. with that, there's no doubts at all. You know, it does lay it out, bankers are bad. Here's why they're bad. That's it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No ifs or buts, yeah. Yeah, so on from that one, I'll give one that I've seen that you've not seen, but you definitely should see. It's called After Sun, um, mm. written by Charlotte Wells. It's her debut feature, which is based on what I've seen, it's quite amazing, but it's done a lot of shots. And I believe it's a Scottish movie, um, which is obviously, you know, big bit of home pride for that. Um, very simple. It's a very simple plot. Is this family go... Well, family, it's a, it's a father and his daughter go on holiday. Um, he's separated from his... I think it's his partner, or my... They seem to have had the kid quite young, so his partner is separated. He's, like, he's staying away on like a, a, week, a week's holiday or two weeks' holiday to Turkey. Um, and essentially, he's kind of watch their dynamic as they're away. And you get the very real sense throughout it that um, the daughter knows she's not close to her dad. Mm-hmm. And the dad is quite a sad person. He seems to be struggling with, with maybe his mental health and sort of what life is going to be, what life is. And maybe uh, he seems, maybe the indication of possible sort of like abuse in terms of like drug or alcohol in his past that he's still kind of 
trying to very much battle the demons of that a little bit. Yeah. Um, you can all watch it from the point of view. It's, it's a, like the, the daughter has grown up. She's watching home videos back. So you see the home video aspect of it. You also see like sort of not home video versions of what happened. So you can almost get in the video versions, almost like the real reality of what happened. And you're almost getting her memory of of yeah, 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 yeah. Which is usually rose tinted, yeah, yeah. Very much so, yes. Yeah. Um, so a very small cast. You get Paul Meskel, um, an Irish actor who's in ordinary, not ordinary, normal people. That he's yeah. sort of big in that. Uh, and you get Frankie Corio, who's um, a Scottish actress, and she's she plays the daughter. And essentially, that's pretty much it. You've got a lot of people in the hotel and stuff like that, but mm. not anybody who's got any sort of major. That I would say is sort of is majorly sort of like influencing the film. Um, it's available in still in the cinema. I think it's now it's still running in the cinema because it got a lot of BAFTAs and Paul Mescal got nominated for an Oscar for it, yeah. which was nice. Um, it's also available on streaming on a movie, um, which is sort of like a very fancy streaming service with all the kind of very classy films that normally get shown in art house cinemas. That's, that's up, up across streaming, shall we? <laughs> yes, it's people. If, if you only go to the GFT, that's where you would find on movie essentially. <laughs> Uh, nothing against it. Um, <laughs> I like those kind of films sometimes. Um, this is like, like Stu talked about it in the review. He's one of his favorite films of, of twenty twenty two, and I can totally see why. It is a very beautiful and harrowing reflection on childhood and fatherhood in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's set in the nineties, and watching it, I had these like flashbacks of going on these like sort of like family holidays that are really. I've enjoyed, I enjoyed them looking back in the sense that like I enjoyed them with my family, but at the time I'm going, I, just, I was not the kid who wanted to interact with other children type thing, you know, or like sort of go to the pool. I was like, I just want to be left alone with a book, you know. Yeah. Even when yeah. I was like eight or nine, I'm like, just leave me the fuck alone yeah, type thing. Peace. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't want to go in a kid's club. I don't want to go and play amusements or play pool. I just want to be left kind of by myself. In a wee corner doing my own thing. At, kind yeah, of, yeah. So, yeah. so there was a very definite PTSD flashback for myself while watching it. <laughs> like, you, you kind of look back and go, oh, I remember we spent a lot of time as a family, so that was that was obviously nice. That was obviously yeah. you, you can remember that memory part of it. Performance is absolutely perfect. There's a real sadness to Mescal, um that is, I can't think of an actor who he reminds me of, but it's like, I can't really think of an actor who just exudes sadness. Mm. And, and I don't know if that's his trope, but it just seems like he just seems a sad, sad character. You feel like he's he's a wonderful actor, mm. and he gets the actually Scottish accent down pretty strong as well. For um, Irish and Scots, it's pretty close, but you can notice the difference if you do it wrong. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He gets it pretty good. He does. He is Scotsman who's lived away in London for a while, so he, he can have a little bit of a. The, the, yeah, if it's kind of slips away, but you're like, that's okay. I've been yeah. living in London for the last few years, so you're okay. Um, I mean, almost like Philip Seymour Hoffman esque that. You know, he was always quite a, he always quite played quite downtrodden. Yeah, yeah. You know that kind of thing. But he just him and his the relationship with the way they play with him and the daughter work off each other. It's so it's so lovely. It's 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 just it's it's perfect. It's a perfect father relationship. Not in the sense of the, like the perfection of like how they feel with each other, but sort of yeah. like just it feels completely real. There's nothing that feels fake or, or manufactured or. Or forced, and it feels almost like you're less of it. There's really not a lot of narrative to the film, it's just you're watching them over these like few days. It just feels like you're kind of almost like you are literally spying on this like, like a, a, a genuine situation, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what it feels like to me. Um, because the story is very minimalistic. Um, you like the music's very 90s, I would say. It's, it's got a lot of stuff in it from the, the 90s that you'll, you'll definitely recognize, but mm. it's just this genuinely lovely film. and it leaves you with a, unfortunately, a real sense of sadness at the end as you sort of 
kind of piece together what you think might be the, the outcome of it all. Mm. Um, which might not be the outcome of all, but that seems to my mind that's what it was. And I think talking to a few other people, that's what they put it together as as well. Um, so I, it's just it's, it's still it's it might not be for everyone because it is there is no major narrative, there is no major event in it, like sort of yeah. like it all hinges on. You are literally just watching this like sort of family dynamic of these two people sort of just unfolding, and you do get a sense throughout it that she's maybe about twelve, I think I would say. She's on that age of just not old enough to be with the kind of teenage kids, but she's you know too young to be a baby. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you're your parent, you've you've yep. that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So you do get a sense that she's beginning to find out who she is, <clears throat> and this might be the last time they spend real time together. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you get that. It gets almost that when you realise your parents aren't the heroes. Kate, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. I think there's Thank a few you. moments in it. There's a, there's a there is one major moment, and we do get a sense that she sees her dad for who he is. Yeah. As opposed to her dad being her dad. Yeah, so, yeah, it's like the, 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 the old fucking worldly protector that they are. Yeah. Know, meant to be. You see her dad as a, almost as, as a person, as a human. Yeah. Um, and you feel that's a moment that perhaps has lingered in her mind and in her life. It might not have made an impact at the time, almost, but you feel that's probably it's had an impact on a much longer part of her, her, her life. But. It's, it's a wonderful watch, it really is. It's, it's a, it, I can see why it's it, it, Is it the performances that, that's kind of gaining it, that, that's kind of accolade that's getting it, or is there more to it than the performance? Yeah, performances are excellent. Performances are yeah. truly excellent. I'm surprised the young girl didn't get an Oscar nomination as well, based on the fact yeah. that he got one. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, it won't be for everyone. It will polarise some people because of like, sort of the content of it and, and how minimalistic it is. Yeah. Well, I think it's one of the things you've seen in a cinema because it's watching at home, you will start to, you know, look away, you'll maybe check your phone, you'll go make yeah. a coffee, blah, blah, blah. In the cinema, it's just allowed to wash sort of over you and you're sort of like you're, you're transfixed on it for that hour and 40 minutes. Yeah, I, I really, really want to see it. I know it's still doing the rounds and with the Oscar buzz, it might kick around or get a, of days, yeah, a resurrection of next month when Oscars are coming up as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll try and hold off before seen it on a small screen and try and catch it in the cinema but yeah it's, it's definitely one one I want to see <laughs> yeah and I would give it a 9 out of 10 that's what I'm just saying 9 out of 10 right, and obviously uh, our, our friend Stu he was like 10 out of 10 for this wasn't he yes he, was, he had all that and I can yeah. see why I can definitely see why yeah. um, on from that cause we'll, we'll it's going to be you because um, I've not seen this film yet it's in the cinema now and that is a film called Babylon directed by Damien Chazelle yes the excellent whiplash mm-hmm a lot of people didn't like it, but I thought it was a very, very good first man. I very much enjoyed that film. And the film that I've enjoyed less each time I watch it, La La Land. Mm. I, I loved it the first time, and every time I've watched it since, I've, kind of, my, my, I've enjoyed it. I enjoy the opening and enjoy yeah. the ending, but there's a fuck ton in the middle that I really can't be arsed with. I've only watched La La Land once, and I think I'm going to... I think that, that I'm happy with that. I'm not going to go back to it again. Um, I'm going to babble up, babble on it. I'm just going to skim it because I want you to see to talk about with okay. me because there's, there's shit to discuss, discuss in it. Yeah. Um, but so, Mar- so in the film you get Margot Robbie, Brad Pitt, Olivia Wilde, Jean Smart, Samara Weaving, Catherine Watson, Flea. Interesting. Does Samara Weaving and Margot Robbie share screen time at any point? They do. That they seems do. like if they touch each other, it'll impl- implode the world. It's bizarre. It's, yeah. it's utterly strange. Like if Amy you, Adams and have you uh, have Jessica you seen Catherine the trailer? And, yes. That's the two of them in the trailer. Right. Okay. 
I thought that was Margot Robbie, Margot Robbie in the trailer. It's not. It's Margot Robbie, Samara Weaving, the, the bit we're yeah. talking about the nipples and stuff like that. That's uh-huh. the two of them exchanging. That That's two separate people. That's not... Okay. Very which, my mind's blown. I'm like, no, dude. Yeah, um, I like you, sir. The, the word you used... It's, it's set in the 19... 1926 to, to 1933, it spans over. Right, and so it's, it's just Hollywood. Looking, yeah, and it's looking at kind of, I would say, three kind of people's lives for that period and how they did, you know, their kind of rise and demise and that, that kind of Hollywood era. And it's like um, the early stages of Hollywood, the sort of early yeah, rise of Hollywood. where Hollywood was, was a crazy place, you know, where, where people would die and studios would fix it and, you know, yeah. parties and orgies and all kinds of craziness were, were you know, commonplace, um, you know, a daily event. And, and it just captures that. Um, this, like you were saying about the last film, is it's going to be very polarising and divisive. Yes. Um, this is going to be, you are going to love and embrace this, or you're going to walk out in utter disgust and repulsion and hate it. Right. Um, I was I was the, the former. Um, I, I embraced it, and I thought this was a crazy rollercoaster ride of film. It's batshit crazy. Um, without minimal spoilers, the opening 25 minutes is an orgy scene. Yes. And it just goes crazy from there. Um, an elephant I've heard. Yeah, it, yeah, it's just it, a really, really, really well done film that, that just captures how you would imagine that period in Hollywood to be just utterly lawless and bonkers. Yeah. Um, it's got an ending that is that, uh, split right in the middle. You love or you hate the ending. I loved it, Lorraine hated it. Um, right. But I don't want to go into it too much because it's a free, almost three hours, 20 minutes long, this film. Yeah. There's a big, big, long film. There's a lot of stuff in it to talk about. Performances need discussion as well. Okay. Um, so I want to wait till you've seen it to, to go more into it. But Neil say, um, on the surface, I'll say I fucking adored it and I thought it was okay. great. I'm really shocked that it never got more Oscar buzz than it did. It's, I think the polarisation of it has sort of made Hollywood a little bit nervy on it. Which, yeah. Which is right. I'll try and watch it next week and we can try and talk about it more in depth next week um, on Babylon. So what we should maybe discuss then is, did you see the Oscar nominations based, you know, your thought? Did I did see, see it? yeah, yeah. I Any big surprises for you? Anything that shocked you? Um, the, the, the one that, that, that you texted me about, which you seem genuinely miffed about, is, and, and I'm the same, um, Top Gun Maverick getting nominations. Wait, uh, I get it for, like, say, sound effects, effects, dot, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, sound best picture. is Best picture and best adapted screenplay. Yeah, it's nuts. Um, I, I'm really, really surprised by that. Like proper, I don't, don't understand. Mm. Um, and Olivia Coleman not getting an nod at all, I find really, really, really strange. Um, that, I think that's more of a no one saw that film. I think that's unfortunately the problem. Um, I've yeah. not seen it either yet, but I think that's yeah. a big problem. Um, that because no one saw the film, it's very hard for people to vote on a film they've not seen. Yeah, which is a shame because she thoroughly deserves it. Um, and a it's a shame she got snubbed. Um, I think she's up for BAFTAs, possibly. Yeah. So hopefully that will kind of go away. But yeah, that, that was odd. Not seeing her name there um, when yeah. she, she really, really does deserve it. Um, other than that, no, no, no real surprises. What about you? What was your? Um, you? I, I'm, I'm always surprised now because like, I know I always forget that the um, the best film is now eight films rather than it used to be only like mm. the five. So yeah, yeah. Tar, I thought was excellent. I've talked about that last week. And I thought I'm about to understand it. Um, Avatar: Way of Water. I'm, I loved it. I know it's been a bit polarizing, but I did love it. Um, yeah. Triangle of Sadness. I'm quite, 
happy seen it. I thought it was, after time it was a bit fucking immense as a movie, but just it seemed too weird for Hollywood to go for it. Very happy to see Banshee's and a Sharon in there because we yeah, all adored yeah, that. Um, everything everywhere all at once as well. Very happy to see that as well. That that's sweeping, isn't it? That is. Right, the, might do. Yeah. I've not seen it yet, but you seem to love it. We saw it, but all quiet in the Western Front up for Best Picture. I don't think it's going to get it because it's, no, I won't get it. But in, in the running, it's sort of it's quite impressive based on what Absolutely. you've seen in the past. Absolutely, but I was reading today, um, interestingly, in, in the paper, that um, over in Germany, they, they're, they're shitting on it. The, the German press are saying it's a terrible film. Ah. Um, they, they think it's, it's, it's such a poor rendition of the book and stuff like that, and they're just like, they don't understand what, what's happening here. Like, it's a terrible film. It's aimed at Hollywood and it's Oscar bait and it doesn't deserve anything. Yeah. So that's very strange. Um, are yeah. we a bit surprised to see Elvis in there? It's Elvis, so I kind of, I think... Mm, yeah, not, not because it's a bad not film. Because you think they both enjoyed so. the film, but it yeah. felt like I didn't think it was Oscar, no, not Oscar best picture worthy. Yeah, maybe Austin Butler more so, but yeah, the movie itself, yeah, strange one, strange one. Yeah, um, that, that's kind of an odd one. I'm very happy. You know, I see, you know, Top Gun Maverick getting nominated as Jerry Bruckheimer's first ever Oscar nomination. Is it? Okay, yeah. that's kind of good for him. Um, I don't, right, I don't understand this adapted screenplay. Adapted from what? Well, adapted screenplay can be one of two things. Or you think you can add that from from a previously existing book, comic book, web series, anything like that, uh-huh. or a sequel because the characters already exist. Oh, that's cheap, man. That that's yeah. a fucking backdoor. That that's a, that's a cheap way in. I think. Um, yeah. I don't I don't like that. I don't like that at all. You like all. So who would you give? What what, what are you gonna give best film to if you had a choice? Give me the li- oh, everywhere, everything everywhere all at once. See, I'd probably give it to Banshees, but that's just personal opinion. Um, best director. It's, you get Mark McDonough for Banshees, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheibert for everything over at once. Banshees. Spielberg for Fablemans, Todd Field for Far, or Ruben Oslin for Triangle of Sadness. No, I think I'd go Banshees for that. I think Banshees. Fair enough. Uh, best actor, you got Austin Butler, Elvis, Colin Farrell, Banshees, Brendan Fraser, The Whale, Paul Mesco, Afterson, and Bill Nye, Living, which I've heard is very good, but I've not actually had a chance to see it yet. I have not seen The Whale yet, but I suspect yeah. that I've seen a trailer, and based on the trailer, um, I think that's. Think so? It's going to, I think Brendan's going to get it. Yeah. Okay. The trailer. The, honestly, I watched the trailer and the emotions were there. No, yeah, yeah, it was a like, oh, shit. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You'd be right behind Colin Farrell though. Um, lead actress Kate Blanchett, Tar, Anna Armas, Blonde, Andrea Riseborough to Leslie, Michelle Williams for the Fable. We've not seen that yet, obviously. And Michelle Yeoh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Michelle Yeoh. Just Michelle. Yeah, she deserves it, doesn't she? Yeah, I think Michelle yeah. that as well. Although Michelle Williams, you know I've got such a soft spot for her. Yes, agreed. And we'll probably talk about her more next week. Brennan Gleeson, Banshees of Inishirin, Brian Tyree, Henry Causeway, Judd Hirsch, Fablemans, Barry Keogh and Banshees, and Keyho Kwan for everything ever all at once. Give it to Key, surely. But you want to see Judd Hirsch get one, don't you? No, I I do, but I think think Barry Barry should get this one. I think. Here's the one that really got me by surprise, okay? So everything we've all at once got two for Jamie Lee Curtis. I thought it's a supporting role, but I think it's a minimal one. I yeah. totally get for Stephanie Hudso, Hus- Hus- the daughter getting it. I thought she was fantastic. In it. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant in it. Uh, Kerry Condon for Banshee and Sharon, totally get mm. that as well. She was excellent. Yeah. Not seen the wheel yet, so I can't really judge um, Hong Chow in it. Angela Bassett for Back Panther with Connor Forever. I thought that was odd as well. Um, no offence to Angela Bassett, but... Of course not. No shade ever thrown at no, Angela Bassett. No, but, but she's not doing anything that she, she, I, we've not seen her do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, 
it's a weird one. And, and her role was so, so fucking minimal as well. That's a weird one. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. That did screenplay, All Quiet in the Western Front, Glass Onion, uh, Living, Top Gun Maverick, or Women Talking. What you want to see? Honestly, couldn't care less. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually... I'm <laughs> Sorry. Bit, um, best original screenplay, Banshees, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fable Woman's Tart, or Trial and Your Sadness. Oh, Everything Everywhere, I think. I think if... See, you say original... Yeah, the original, and I think you've either got to give the trying or sadness or everywhere, everywhere all at once. Yeah, because because they're just so fucking, you know, let's do something that's not yeah. been done. Yeah, yeah. We'll be happy to know your um your empire like did get a nod in the cinematography department. Yes, so, Roger Deakins, of course. Because Roger Deakins, and you can't not nominate Roger Deakins. Essentially, <laughs> legally, you're you're obliged to nominate him. I think that that might win it. It is a beautiful looking film as well. Yeah. It was, a crack, it was a cracking looking film as well to be fair yeah. other great looking film as well yeah right um, see anywhere anything else um the rest yeah. are all weird ones aren't they the, the you know the you know best cup of tea in a performance well you get best international feature which is always interesting best film editing is actually quite an important one to look at because you, you really need to be in that to have a chance of winning best picture yeah, what's the Eden one what's the uh, Banshees Elvis everything all at once Tar and Top Gun Maverick I wouldn't say Maverick. Um, maybe Maverick. Well, I, would, I reckon Maverick might get it purely because it's a lot of industry people vote on that one. It's like some people who know the industry and know the job. Mm. And apparently there was something like the same amount of film for that as it was for all three Lord of the Rings movies. Well, like, like basically millions of feet of film that the guy had to work his way through. So, so to make a cohesive film out of all that, I guess, is is something yes. something special. Yeah. Um, there was one that's going to ship out, and I've forgotten what it was now. Um, what's, what's the rest of them, quickly? You've got, if you want, you can talk if you find anything interesting. Film editing, international feature, original song. Animation. What's your thoughts now? Because you, you're turning reds in there, isn't it? Turning reds in there, the CBs, Puss in Boots, Marcel with the Shell with Shoes, which I'm really looking forward to seeing when it comes out here, and El Toro's Pinocchio. Very disappointed that, that Apollo 9.5 was for mm. some reason. But like, you were saying. Rolls not allowed in it. But Marcel Michelle's shoes on is allowed in, even though there's a lot of live action in that. It feels mm-hmm. a very odd thing. Um, personally, I would give it to the Sea Beast. Um, I thought that's probably the best of, the, 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 of them all. Well, but, um, but yeah, um, oh no, sorry, I'd probably give it to Pinocchio, just because Pinocchio was sort of the, the effort involved in Pinocchio is, is quite insane. So I'd probably give it to Pinocchio, I think I would give it to anything. Mm, interesting, interesting. Yeah. Um, um, no Tom Hanks at all this year, which is weird. Interestingly. Um, what I would say is, if you want to look for the best named um, awards or films, sorry, the best animated short film has got some magnificent titles for the films. Go for would it. Like, would you like to hear the titles? Real good. You, the one is called The Boy, The Mole, The Fox and The Horse, which I think mm. was on BBC over Christmas, which apparently is very good. Okay. Uh, you've got The Flying Sailor. Of course. You've got Ice Merchants, probably the weakest of the, the five film names. Mm. Number four, which... More people think it's the best one. I think it's the second best one. It's called My Year of Dicks. So That's quite funny. Yeah, yeah, that's um, quite funny. And the final one, which I think is the best one and should definitely be an album cover for a Rush album, is An Ostrich Told Me the World is Fake and I Think I Believe It. Have you seen any of these? No, I've not seen any of them yet, no, but I'm very intrigued to watch <laughs> that one. Where do you where do you find these? That's a, that's Usually little... like, some of them get shown on Netflix and things like that. You have to really look for them, but they are available right. out there somewhere. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. so I'll have a look for them. Um, you also get best makeup and hairstyling, best live action short, original score, 
Babylon's up for that out of interest if you're interested to know. Yep, yeah, that caution, I think, is Babylon. <coughs> I think so as well, yes. Mm. Um, yes, you think you're correct. Yeah, best caution then, yes, Babylon's mm. up for that. Um, but yeah, nothing in Austria really lights me that much on fire this year. I, I'm, I'm sort of, nothing really makes yeah. me go, we can't wait to see that one win. I think I'd like to see Banshees and everything is matured. I'd be happy to see Ayla of them. Yeah, I'd, I'd be dead happy with that because they're two of my favourite films of the year. So, yeah, I'd, I'd be happy with that. Yeah, anyway, absolutely. we'll probably discuss the Austria later date once they've all been done. Um, I thought I'd throw that in because a lot of people, we don't have as many films to talk about this week. Um, but next week we've got quite a few things to talk about. I've not had a look at the streaming series. I think there's a few things out in streaming which I will text you about later to find out what we want to watch. Mm-hmm. But in the cinema, we've got three films in the cinema this week. Three new films in the cinema this week. Called. What's coming out in the cinema? We have Unwelcome, which is the Irish horror film, which looks it's about all the kind of wee... Like, Leprechauny bastards that come Yes, yeah. London couple moved to Ireland in the rural Ireland and then everyone makes them very unwelcome, particularly the little fairy bastards in the middle of the peak, you know, they want to come after them. I've heard this uh, is quite funny. Yeah, I'm intrigued well. by yeah, it. Yeah. You've also got Paisley's finest, Jerry Butler. Jerry Butler, yeah. Turn up in plane when he flies a plane, crashes a plane, and then maybe gets back in a plane, not really sure, but the plane involved somewhere. I think the plane is, is initially a five minute scene, the rest it's Jerry Butler running about in Ireland. Fair enough, we'll get playing. And also, the one I'm most excited about, I think most of the world is most excited about, is the new Spielberg movie, The Fablemans, is out this week as well. Yeah. And yeah. it's seen Spielberg, it is the event cinema that we all adore. So, so this is this is like in a semi-biopic, isn't it? That Spielberg's directing, he's basically written and directing himself, which is, is going to be fantastic. Imagine you on set playing Spielberg's mum and dad. Hmm? Imagine you being, like, imagine like Michelle Williams, you essentially playing Spielberg's mum. Mum, yeah. yeah. directed by Spielberg. Spielberg. Playing his mum, my mum didn't. I was watching a bit of a documentary where um, they were talking about how the the, the crew had done the sets, uh-huh. and he was like in the kitchen. You could just see he was like, "This is my kitchen." Do you mean like they'd yeah. got photos and all that, and it was just he was just like, "This is like wow." You could see the emotion hitting him and stuff like that. I mean, because like, Spielberg, he, he doesn't give a lot of wage. You know I mean, and to, just what, to was, see that, I was like, "Wow, man." Apparently does he done Desert Island Discs this week and apparently it was very, very good and it was quite revealing. And mm-hmm. actually as much as I love Spielberg and I've, and I've watched lots of Spielberg interviews, he is quite a reserved man. He doesn't like yeah. a lot he talks a lot about the process of the filmmaking, mm. like how he makes the film, what he does with yeah. the film, but actual personal stuff about what makes him him. Yeah. It's quite light on the ground. You don't really hear a lot of it. You kinda of know he came from a, a divorced family, that's why a lot of the films he has has got like sort of one parent family. Yeah, yeah. But that's kind of like kind of bit it really. You know, you, you know, he yeah. made Super Eight movies when he was a kid and stuff like that. But that's it. and then he suddenly turned up yeah. on the lot one day, you know, and it's like, what happened in between? There's sort of this thing about a miss, you know, a missing. But I, I do like directors and actors like that that they let their work. You know, yeah. I, I'm about the work, not you know. That, 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 yeah. Don't look at me. Do you know what I mean? Look at what I'm doing. Yeah. I, I like that. So what do we know about Denzel really? Exactly, that but but we love him. He's a great actor, and you watch him in anything because yeah, he's like yeah, I'm about to work. It's not about me. It's about what I'm doing, and I, yeah. I, I get that as well. But yeah, Fable, Fableman's I'm excited <coughs> to see. That's um, I'm excited that's, to see that. That's a must. But you need to try and see Babylon as well. I will try and watch Babylon this week. Yes, I promise I will. Uh, it's a big long one. I know it's hard to be timing for them, but yeah. I've got a puppy to look after. I can't go away for four hours to a movie theater these days. It's a bit tougher sometimes, but we'll I'll make an effort. What you need is like a drive-in where you can take the dog with you. That would be the ideal that thing, be, yes. Be, or dog cinemas, open dog cinemas. That's been winning a lottery call and that's what we'll open dog cinemas. We'll open a do- the, the, the UK's first dog cinema. Yes, that, that, that'll that's... be us. We'll make, we'll make tens of hundreds of pennies. <laughs> 
or a dog and cat cinema. It'd be fucking no, crazy. Tom and Jerry cinema. Um, anyway, Colin, tell me what you find us. Uh, number three beers in the movie. We're on Gmail. Who cares? Uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So yeah, hit us up and say hello. Click that wee thumbs up button and subscribe and all that stuff that people always talk about in the podcast. So I never do. So yes, do that. I've been Colin. You've been Richard, and we have been three beers in a movie.